3: Progressive presents today's to-do list for your dog.
0: Check front door, check window, check other window. Rest chin on ground, look into distance. Bark for no reason. Check front door, check window, check other window.
3: Your pet has a very busy schedule, so it's up to you to make sure they're protected. That's why Progressive Car Insurance covers your pets for up to $1,000 if they're ever in a car accident with you.
0: Chase shiny ball, lose shiny ball. Find shiny ball, eat shiny ball.
3: Get coverage for your pets with anti auto policy from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with a purchase of collision coverage and subject to policy terms. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Derek Jeter! This is
1: the Yanks Go Yard podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Monday edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weiner alongside Thomas Carinante. and we've got all the scoop for you on Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman's postseason. Oh, what's that? Sorry, they haven't haven't spoken yet to anybody. It's been uh, it's been almost a full week since the Yankees lost a wild card game. We haven't heard a peep from either of those people since Aaron Boone said we we're closing the gap. That the gap is getting close. Got it. Okay, great. Well, we won't talk about then. Uh, We won't talk about that at all. We will, in fact, talk about the teams that are still here. The White Sox are accusing the Astros of cheating again. It's great. And the Boston Red Sox won the luckiest game in the history of their 150-year-old franchise in Game 3 of the ALDS on Sunday night. How did Christian Vasquez's ball leave the yard? Why is the Rays pitching so bad? Why did the Rays not score after putting the lead off runner on in innings one through six? Why did this game go 13 innings? And most importantly, why are Red Sox fans acting like this is the first time they've succeeded since 2004 after Hunter Renfro kicked the ball into the into the bullpen in right field, allowing the tying run to stop? Uh, at third, uh sorry, the tie-breaking run. Yeah, uh,
2: game-winning run. Yeah,
1: sorry. that What what might have been the game-winning run to stop at third base on Hunter Renfrew's ball into the stands? We'll dive into all that and more. This is a crybaby podcast. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. We'll be more than happy to answer it. Thomas Carinante, welcome to the podcast. The Boston Red Sox are, uh, I'm not ready to say they're winning the World Series because uh, I don't know, but I, I do know that they're definitely advancing past the Tampa Bay Rays- in the ALDS on Marathon Monday in October. Why is Marathon Monday in October, you may ask? I don't know. It seems like something pretty lucky for, for a, a franchise baked in luck.
2: Uh, yeah, it's happening. I think that's it, it's one of the probably easiest guarantees you can make all year. Um, <clears throat> we uh, I, I tweeted yesterday because, of course, I thought it was funny that the the year the Yankees run into the Rays in the postseason, they have Tyler Glass now, Charlie Morton, Blake Snell. Red Sox run into them. They have two rookies and uh, trade deadline acquisition and Drew Rasmussen, who's a half starter, half reliever, and and that's that's the pitching staff. So
1: yeah, don't um, have a pitcher for Game Four,
2: which yeah. seems like a problem. Um, so yeah, I we we've give look credit to the Red Sox, dude. They're hitting the shit out of the ball. Fifteen yes, hits last night, so there is really nothing. It's not like they're yes, they did get lucky with that 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 rule, which which is a rule. It's a real rule. Um, and uh, it, it it the, the race could have just gotten a hit in the next at bat, you know, because like we we had the argument about the uh, the Joe West call on Aaron Judge and mm-hmm. Red Sox fans were crying. And then we're like, yeah, but Stanton Homer in the next at bat, dude. So you're still down by uh, you're still down by another run um, or you're still yeah, you're still down by one at that point. Or two at that point, so um, Christian Vasquez's walk-off homer still would have done it. Had that double went, had that double been an actual double, and the run scored, and then they got the next out. Um, obviously, pressure plays a different role. Who knows? Maybe if the Rays do get that run, they're they're ready to rock, and they get another hit, um, and then the Red Sox come out flat in the final inning. But. What happened happened. They got a little bit momentum from that bizarre rule where if you hit a ball back into the I saw an old clip because uh, obviously the uh, Red Sox Twitter is trying to defend it, even though like nobody's nobody's like, oh, this is bullshit. Everyone's like, that's a crazy technicality. Like, how in the world is that like? What? Yes. And they're like, oh, well, this happened in Tampa. This is why Kevin Cash didn't argue. And there's a there's a video of Tommy Pham trying <laughs> to feel the ball on a hop he gets it in his glove and like tries to exchange it and then literally just like throws it into the stands and some fan just is standing there and catches it. And they Yeah, it's it. very funny. Yeah, and the Jays, the Jays didn't get, the Jays got screwed, screwed out of a run because of it. So, eh, look, if the Red Sox had six hits on the night and that happened, I'd be a lot more pissed, but they were doing the job with, <laughs> with putting bat on ball. Um, and, uh, it, this is just not that great of a raised pitching staff as we had suspected, especially when you have to face good offenses on a bigger stage in a much different situation. I understand racking up a hundred wins in the regular season deserves its merit, but I think when you're throwing Shane McClanahan, who's good, just limited major league experience, Shane Baz, who had three major league starts before his, uh, uh, his outing in game two of the ALDS, just not really, not really a guy that you're going to rely on to do any sort of uh, damage in, in that situation. And then you have Rasmussen who's pitched 20 games at the race. 10 of them were starts. Uh, he, he fully transitioned to the rotation in mid August has yet to pitch past the fifth inning. He has done great in that role though. He's lowered his ERA from a uh, 3.98 to 2.84 um, in the, uh, in the nine starts that he's had or eight starts that he's had. Oh, good so, for him. Yeah. He's done the job, but, You're pitching against the Red Sox offense, uh, the Red Sox lineup in Fenway. I I don't think Drew Rasmussen is your guy when you're uh, when you're when you're up against the ropes like that. Uh, But pisses me off. Yeah, because we're probably going to see the Red Sox in the ALCS now. Uh, cause who's, p- they got Erod, and then they'll have all hands on deck for game five. Yeah. Chris um, sale
1: probably coming in relief in yeah. uh, game four on Monday. It's, yeah. it's funny. I mean, it's look, as soon as I shake off my Red Sox related angst, which I think already happened, it was only like an hour for me after this game. Cause there's a lot of steps. Yeah. I don't care. It's fine. Yeah. I don't, I don't care so much. And I also especially don't care because it is the Tampa Bay Rays. I mean, this yeah, is- fuck them. This is the all-time piss-baby series. Even the Astros' Red Sox won't be this bad. You've got Rays fans complaining about the ground rules at Fenway Park and like, oh, Hunter Renfro kicks it over this tiny wall, this stupid tiny wall. Who builds a stadium like that? Meanwhile, you have rings hanging off of your roof that if you hit a ring, it could turn a home run into a pop-up and has on many an occasion. Plus, you've got a tiny wall. Your mythology is built on a tiny wall. There's the Evan Longoria home run in the left corner pocket in left field that sent the Rays to the playoffs in 2011. And then, of course, the Rays coming off all that momentum in 2011 didn't even win the Division Series. Your whole ethos is losing the Division Series, hanging a banner that says, we lost the Division Series, and having a weird, quirky home stadium. And you have the... President, the Rays team president on Sunday, just before the game being like, I know most of you probably didn't expect to hear from me today, but just popping by to say that I don't think baseball's viable in Tampa long term. Oh, thanks. Thanks for the cameo. I'm sure that really energized the fans and the players prior to a huge game at Fenway Park. Mm. If this were the Red Sox getting all time breaks against like the Cleveland Guardians or the Pirates in the World Series, I would be like, I mean, my drain would be clogged with hair from my head. Like I would, I would have gone into the bathroom and ripped my entire head of hair out, but it's the rays getting screwed by stadium dimensions. I can't really argue with that. I mean, that's, you know, there, there, there are certainly less fun things in the universe, but you do look at the Astros pitching staff coming up for the Red Sox to face, uh, presumably if the Astros take game four, game five, and it's like that middle of the bullpens, like Brooks, Rayleigh, and Mm -hmm. like. Question mark? Randos? Like I don't know, folks. I really don't know. Um, and then, of course, you've got the flags and the playoff logos, which would indicate that the Red Sox are going to go to the World Series and then lose the World Series. And if that happens, I feel like I do need to clear the air here because I'm the guy who went viral this week for doing the doing the flag video, uh, talking about the the World Series logo flags. I do not believe that the Red Sox, that baseball is rigged for the Red Sox because there are flags in the World Series logo. I do not believe that. That is not something I believe. That being said, the fact that they have flags in the ALDS and ALCS logos this year and not the World Series logo, they took them out for the World Series logo, is extremely funny. And if the Red Sox make the World Series and lose it, which they're five wins away and the NL teams are better than they are, that would be probably would be the point where i would have to reach out to major league baseball and be like are you guys sure you're not rigging this with the flags are you positive (laughs) because if if this if the removal of the flag dictates the red sox losing in the world series after advancing through the first couple of rounds i i won't believe in the flags but i will be like okay what the fuck is going on here
2: confusing stuff I, i don't get it either um and uh, I don't and we're we're sitting here and uh, just while we're on the Yankee, just while we're on Ray Sox, like we're sitting here and we're watching Yankee fans be upset because look, the updates are suggesting that Boone and Cashman are coming back, guys. Uh, yeah. Brian Hoke said he expects Boone back. Uh, Michael Kay and Buster only had a lengthy conversation on the Baseball Tonight podcast talking about Cashman's relationship with ownership um, and the fact that the last thing they would ever want is to see him leave and go to the Mets because that is probably what would happen um since they're looking for someone to run their baseball ops um and they'll have the spending power to do it and he's he's right in New York it it it's a, it's a sensible fit um that philosophy does piss me off though because the Yankees that that's the that's the whole talk about talk about a team's ethos. The Yankees are like, oh, we can't let so-and-so go because if they do better elsewhere, then it's going to look bad on us. And it's just like, who fucking cares? Like Mm. you look at, you look at Cashman and you're like, okay, like we could probably, I'm not saying Cashman's bad or anything, but like, I'm sure there are plenty of GMs who work with less, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Cashman is a 200, baked in $200 million payroll every year. And he does not do more with less. He does just the amount you can do with, just the amount you're given, um, but that being said, all the knee-jerk fans are looking at the series, being like, "Oh, so the Rays are here, and the Red Sox got a raise guy in their front office. So, like, why don't we just load our front office up with raise guys?" And it's like, okay, first of all, this is not. I am. I will be the guy to say this is not Heim Bloom's work. It's simply not. Um, the Red Sox got back Alex Cora in. Uh, a turn of events that should have never happened um not sure why you're not you're not going to sit here and tell me that whatever they did this offseason was conducive to postseason success they still don't have pitching depth in fact they have all of the same pitchers that they had before Bloom got there uh with the exception of Nick Pavetta um
1: who was breathing absolute fire last night and like K strutting off the mound and just like five ERA. Yeah. Where is that for the Yankees? Where is that, that? Where is that? That's all I'm wondering. Where? Where's Tommy Canley's the only Yankee who's shown emotion in my entire life.
2: Uh, <laughs> although a wise ago was pretty fun. This Severino year. got pumped yeah. in his few outings. So, I mean, look, we need I more. guess I'm screaming about nothing. No, but where is no- the
1: random five ERA guy who's yeah, dominating for five innings? That's in the what I want.
2: I want fucking, I want, I wanted Justin Wilson coming off the mound and like throwing his glove at the opposing dugout. That's, like, that's basically
1: what Nick Pavetta was know, last yes, night. It would have <laughs> been like if Justin Wilson threw five <laughs> shutouts yeah. and did a did the moonwalk <laughs> off the mound every time he went back to the dugout.
2: Oh, but anyway, um, yeah, everyone's just looking at this series being like, oh, yeah, let's just get like a I was listening to WFN because I'm a sicko and they're like, yeah, why don't we just get like Billy Bean or something? And it's it doesn't work like that. No, no one. The, the A's are not going to give up the guy who has been keeping them afloat because of their financial restrictions for the last two and a half decades, dude. Imagining
1: like, a world where the yeah. Rays entire front office is just like I think we want to go work for the Yankees now. Yeah. Like,
2: wh- why? <laughs> why? Why would that ever yeah. happen? Uh, it's look, it's a lot. It's a logical it's a, it's somewhat of a logical thing to think because you have Andrew Friedman who left the Rays and then was like, yeah, I'm just going to go to the Dodgers who put analytics first, but then also give me like 200 million more dollars to spend. So I'm going to have a field day. And there's um, the Montreal
1: factor to be perfectly fair. Like yeah. anybody who stays with the Rays is probably going to have to get double citizenship and two homes and yeah. live in French speaking Montreal, not just half the months, but half of every month. Yeah. Right? Very, very. I don't really bo- know how it works. Uh, I don't know
2: what they're going to do. It's very yeah. confusing and it doesn't make any sense. And it's obviously going to fuck everybody in the AL East because you're going to have to travel to Canada twice now. Oh, I'm sure um, the
1: Red Sox will be like eight. zero in Montreal and we'll be two and seven. Are just, they
2: going to play oh, in the yeah. Olympic stadium? That
1: they can't. I mean, that that stadium is just as bad as the trop that if they do play an Olympic stadium, they'll just need to make sure they hang some bullshit rings from the top of it. And then <laughs> then the experience will be
2: replicated. Uh, but anyway, guys, the, the solution is not just get raised people and put them in there. Um, the solution is try to fix what is not right with whatever going on with the Yankees. Um, I am sick of the cashman excuses. However, we've seen him make great moves. Clay Holmes was a great trade acquisition. Um, the, uh, many other things that he's done. We could sit here and go through them all ha- have, been, have kept, he's kept this roster in contention for since the day he took over. They missed the playoffs. What three times since he's been GM, something like that,
1: 13, 14, 16,
2: yeah. so four, 16, four times. So, I mean. You look at all the rest of the team's success, and the, the Red Sox have made not made the playoffs even close to that many times. Now, the Red um, Sox have just, the, yeah, several times. Yeah, they just yeah. win the World Series and make up for it. But um, the pro, the the thing is here, I think that the solution would be maybe to bring in an assistant Rays dude to just look at whatever the hell Cashman is doing with analytics or his roster formulation. Because I don't like the the Rays would not have allowed this lineup to be right-handed heavy as right-handed heavy as it was. The Rays would not be I don't I don't even know what we preach analytically, but it clearly doesn't work. We have players playing out of position. I know the Rays do do that, but they they don't do it to the extreme that that we do, where it's affecting offensive output and whatnot. They more so have robots who are like, yeah, I'm still going to dominate on offense. when you know, maybe I'll have a few gaffes on defense. But long story short, the answer is that Cashman is a very good GM. Yes, we're sick of kind of treading water here. Um, but the changes are fixable. Um, and if the Yankee, we know the Yankees are not going to get rid of him because of the long-standing relationship. So the other option is to kind of change the, the makeup around him to see what else could be done, because he's still one of the most well-respected. He still knows what he's doing in the off season at the trade deadline. You want that experience. You want his connections um, and relationships that he has with opposing executives. So changing infrastructure around him with maybe some of these rays, or maybe you get a Brewers or a Dodgers guy who knows anything can happen. And that, in my opinion, is the answer.
1: Yeah, I would love to hire Eric Neander from the Rays. I just don't foresee the entire Rays front office just being like, well, time to pack it up and move on to New York. Like, Unless, though, they flame out against the Red Sox, in which case, you know, um, know, things get a little more interesting if the 100-win Rays clatter to the turf in Game 4, which, again, it is Marathon Monday. They will do that. Uh, The Red Sox should wear their yellow jerseys, and if they don't, I'll actually be kind of upset with this time. I'll actually be kind of upset with them. They should absolutely do that. Yes. Um, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, the other ALDS.
0: Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app, and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick 'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code radio and underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash deposit $100 get $100 free that's promo code radio terms
1: and conditions apply. Welcome back to the Yanks Go yard podcast I uh, I still think Houston's gonna beat the White Sox I do yeah. but um, although
2: interesting pitching matchup tonight Rodon yeah. versus Urquidy so could yeah. be tied going back to Houston.
1: And again, four games of baseball on this Monday after we thought we would mm-hmm. not get four games of baseball ever again. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah. But in game three, Sunday night, which you might not have paid attention to because the, the Ray is Red Sox shit show. is ended just before that. Right as Bill Simmons was getting his the Ed Armbrister game revenge tweet off because... Bill Simmons still needs revenge for the 1975 World Series against the Cincinnati Reds, as if Game 3 of the DS between the Red Sox and Rays uh, had anything to do with that at all. Great tweet by Bill Simmons, the 52-year-old man who still sounds like a 22-year-old crybaby. Um, the White Sox and Astros were getting underway. That game was 5-1 Astros. It quickly became uh, not that, and it ended up being 9-6 White Sox and then 12-6. The White Sox took it home. Great job. Uh, Sox bullpen stepped up. Astros obviously crushed the ball in the earlier innings and then went silent as the game continued. White Sox reliever Ryan Tapera, who got MVP votes by accident last year, was one of these Sox to hold down the four in the middle of that game. And after the game ended, Tepera took to the mic to talk about what he saw on the Astros sideline. Quote, they've obviously had a reputation of doing some sketchy stuff. I think you saw the swings and misses tonight compared to the first two games at Minute Maid. Oh boy, oh boy. For reference, it was actually 32 swings and misses in the two games in Houston, 21 last night. And 16 strikeouts, but 21 versus 32 isn't actually that much of a disparity. It's like you know, 16 per game versus 20. It might have been 22 per game, but you know, even that's not like a that's not blowing the number out of the water in the same way the Astros contact rates are blowing out the rest of baseball. But even so, um, look, is it an unfounded allegation from Ryan Tapera and definitely sour grapes from a White Sox player who? got owned in two games in Houston and and nothing they threw at the Astros worked and and Houston just efficiently rolled over them. Sure, it's definitely sour grapes, but Houston fans complaining about getting the short end of the stick here with the cheating allegations. This is what you signed up for. If the players are not going to get punished and they're all going to still be in Houston Astros uniforms you're going to get opposing players saying things like this. That is simply what you're going to get. You don't have to like it and you won't like it, but you're going to have to contend with it. Um, And the only person who seems to have the antidote to whatever Houston does is Alex Cora, who, who undid their advantage in 2018 and is going to get another crack at it. Probably almost definitely like 95% definitely Um, not calling Red Sox Rays per se, but I am it's over. So astros socks on the horizon um you're you're gonna probably it's the only series the houston astros will ever play in this current era where they're not gonna hear about cheating from the other side because the manager of the red sox is gonna be like guys guys keep it down the more the louder you get the more they're gonna look into the shit we're doing
2: (laughs) it's i mean look i would i would take the yankees in the alcs every year if it meant i had to deal with cheating people yelling at me about cheating. Yes. I I, I, I don't care. So that's why I I do have to deal with it. People yeah, are saying the true. Yankees letter in crap and so whatever. Yeah, so yeah. I yeah, it's I have no sympathy for Astros fans. Um, at this point, just eat it. It's fine. You've embraced the villain. You, you embrace the villain role. It's so, fu- so fun and it's so cool. And it's so, it's so great proving everybody wrong and making them look stupid. So just fully embrace it instead of complaining. Like, what do you, I, there is no reason you should be, you, you should, Ryan to Paris should not be affecting your feelings on, on any day of the week. Um, and, uh, look, uh, do I think it's cheap? Um, it, 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 partially, uh, teams play better on at home than they do on the road. It's just it's just what happens. Um, and the the White Sox had a very intimidating environment last night. That crowd was wild. They were blacked out. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, a lot of swings and misses there with the, the that constant noise in your ear is, yeah, realistic. Um, then, you, you know, you look at Lance Lynn. I think his stuff was kind of tailor made for the Astros to hit. He throws a lot of fastballs and the Astros are a very good hitting team. And if you're a very good hitting team, you're probably just going to hit a lot of fastballs. Um, and they just broke down the entire White Sox pitching staff in the second game, which is not entirely unrealistic for the, the Astros to do. Um, so uh, I like that it's happening because they do deserve the, if, if they deserve anything at the, at the bare minimum, it's this because nobody got in trouble. The owner got fined $5 million, which is like the equivalent of me handing Rob Manfred a $20 bill. Um, and they lost their manager and GM and somehow got, Dusty Baker and their front office seemingly hasn't missed a beat. Um, so the infrastructure in the front office was clearly there and it didn't matter. Um, funny, funny though, that this is happening. I enjoy, I enjoy the uh, the trash talking and hopefully it motivates the white Sox to, to push this to five games because uh, I think that would be, a really, really electric game five on the road. And then, Hey, maybe the Astros respond and say, yeah, it's, we're just going to kick your ass at Minute Maid Park. And that's That's going to be the, that's going to be the fun part of it, of it all. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I, I really, uh, I really have nothing else to say about the Astros because they pissed me off. And obviously I think they're going to cakewalk into the ALCS. And uh, do I, do I think the cheating is still happening? Probably not. Do I think like, maybe it could be Uh, sure. Everyone is saying like the core of that Astros team is gone from 2017. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Marwin Gonzalez. Everyone's like, yeah, Alex (laughs) Cora is gone. Uh, Marwin. uh, No, Marwin Gonzalez is there. He's all right. Yeah, he went back (laughs) there. So they're like, yeah, Alex Cora is gone. Carlos Beltran is gone. Like all these guys are gone. And uh, Brian Brian McCann is gone. (laughs) Evan Gaddis is gone. I'm just like, dude, they have Jose Altuve. They have Carlos Correa. Marwin is back. Um, they have Yuli Guriel. They have Alex Bregman. That's the core of their team. The core of their team, if you're just talking three players, is Altuve, Correa, and Bregman. And they've been there the entire time. So I don't know why anybody would think that the, the oh, okay. Yeah. The, the, a few players left, like the supposed ringleaders left in Alex Cora and Carlos Beltran. You think there's no influence left behind? Okay. I, great, then that's, that's the worst logic that you could possibly put forth. Um, I don't necessarily think they're continuing to do this, but I also would not be surprised if White Sox players had a hunch that something was going on, if, whether they were relaying the fact that the, Astros, uh, the White Sox players were tipping pitches or whatever it may be. To, for you to be surprised that that might be happening again is the joke's on you at that point.
1: Evan Gaddis, Mister Cheating, was fun. Yeah. We we did cheating and it was fun. Evan Gaddis's great uh, contributions on a podcast lately. Yeah, and I I have no the UK podcast. The yeah, UK UK Astros. <laughs> UK Astros fans. here talking with Evan Gaddis about why cheating was fun. Like mm-hmm. great get by the UK Astros fans. By the way, I don't really know how you got tremendous how you got in touch with Evan. I guess you just sent a letter to jail and we're like, Can we talked <laughs> <laughs> talk to inmate Evan Gaddis, please. And then, <laughs> reached out on the podcast that's not fair um, I mean yeah the Astros another series full of like, I don't really I don't love the White Sox and you've got Yasmany Grandal cheating in the middle of that game sticking his shoulder out knocking a baseball into the middle of the field and, and the run scores even though it clearly should have been interference but I have no sympathy for the Astros of course that will change on a dime when the Astros play the Red Sox and suddenly I'm the number one Astros guy in the world I will beg for Michael Schwab to unblock me I will be the guy yeah. tweeting about how the core is completely different and the Astros got railroaded and scapegoated for what every other team did because between the Astros and the Red Sox, it actually, it is, it's, it's, it's one of the teams that got railroaded and one of the teams that got let off scot-free for doing what I assume is the exact same thing. Uh, like Christian Vasquez said in his celebratory tweet, the job is not done yet. Not job Jod. He said, the Jod is not done. Um, so it's true. The, the job is not done. The series is not set. But I do feel fairly confident that both of those teams will be facing off. Again, at which point I will be borderline in an Alex Bregman jersey, talking about how Yankee fans are fake if they want Carlos Correa, because that's the, the nature of the rivalry, and and Houston got scapegoated, and the Red Sox got off scot-free. I have really no idea why the Red Sox were... I mean, this is going to be a great matchup though. Alex Cora against A.J. Hinch battling it out for, for AL Supremacy. Oh, wait. Oh, oh, wait. They made A.J. Hinch go to Detroit because the Astros had a shed of dignity and they didn't rehire him but the red sox did they just rehire their guy oh that's that's interesting because i knew both were back in baseball and i just assumed both of the cheating teams had no dignity and rehired mm-hmm. their old managers immediately but it looks like one of them actually moved on clean break and hired dusty baker whoever everyone loves and the other one just just hired alex cora do, do i have that right is that correct
2: i think you yeah i uh, will do some fact checking after the pod but i think you're right
1: well, I mean, the front office is going to the Red Sox front office in some ways is going to have to answer for war crimes. And that's the number one <laughs> thing that like, can we just get him on a military tribunal and be like, what did Alex Cora say in the interview that made you think he was uh, remorseful about the yeah. thing that he did like a year ago? What, what that, if they get to the world Series?
2: if they get to the world series, someone's got to ask the question. Yeah, someone should ask the question. Yeah, but I don't think I'll, that I'll they do
1: will.
2: it. I'll do it. So, i think we know ask that ask the because uh, i'm sure the execs talk to the media during the, when the world series is going on i think that someone should someone should someone should press there you
1: no know, the astros execs did in 2019 because that's yeah. when uh brandon toddman yelled i'm so fucking yeah. glad we got osuna yeah. at all those women these are the two worst franchises in the sport of baseball yeah. and yeah. they're going to be competing for the alcs and there's for the second time in four seasons that is That sucks, man. That's just so bad. Um, If we could get the Brewers versus the Dodgers on the other side, it will be a 2018 exact identical Mm -hmm. rematch on both sides. Do you realize this? Yeah. Um, This year's Brewers team is better than that Brewers team. This year's Dodgers team is definitely better than that Dodgers team. But of course... You've got me. I mean, you've got me sitting here going, all right, there it looks like the Red Sox are gonna p- get past the Rays. That never should have happened, but it looks like it will. Then they get the Astros in the middle of the Astros bullpen isn't the same. The Astros are throwing Urquidy and Luis Garcia and Zach Granke's in the bullpen. And what it, this isn't even the rotation here is horrible. They get to the World Series, and it's either the Giants are missing Brandon Belt or the Dodgers are missing Max Muncie and the Brewers are missing no one, but Christian Yelich has been bad all year, and then all of a goddamn sudden, it's the same thing. And yet, you still have Red Sox fans tweeting about how this feels like 2004 for the first time, ignoring that there was a 2007 and a 2013 and a 2018. And the 2013 team felt a lot more like 2004 because they were underdog randos in a last-place-projected nonsense squad. I hate all of this, and I hate that I'm going to have to spend the next three weeks rationalizing it. It's way funnier when the Red Sox are beating up the Rays it's less funny when they've moved on and now they're getting closer to Peter.
2: Yeah. Uh, and this, yeah, I don't know how red so like this is, this is 2013 it, it, all over again. That's this what is this t- is. Yeah, it has nothing it's to do with 2004. Yeah. It has nothing to do with 2004. It's just like we said, they, they, they like to keep the, they like to keep the, the fake magic and the, the fake underdog story going. Um, this is 2013 because nobody I mean, look, no, like we said, heading into this one, that, that t- this team is not as bad as that team was. That that team was projected to come in last place. Like no, this was,
1: team has the core of the 2018 yeah. team. It's yeah. just this, it's the 2018 lineup without Steve Pierce.
2: <laughs> it's yeah. And yeah, Mookie Betts, Steve Pierce, Mookie Betts. And uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> who else was on that team that did like insane things and then never heard from him again? Uh, Eduardo Nunez was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, But now they have Kike Hernandez, who is breaking Red Sox postseason records out of nowhere. So like, yeah, Heim Bloom, nice signing with Hunter Renfro and Kike Hernandez and uh, whoever else. But like nobody, nobody. He didn't sign these guys being like, oh, yeah, they'll be they'll be like postseason legends for us. They'll, they'll, They'll be this is this is what it'll turn out to be. Um, well,
1: again, it's whoever people are using the fact that four Red Sox GMs have won the World Series since yeah. Brian Cashman. Yeah. Um, that really more speaks to the fact that you could throw any fucking person in a Red Sox uniform yes. and they could win the World
2: Especially Series. Especially because Ben Sherrington was not good. He made so many bad moves for them. Tom and they Browns, had a terrible
1: he, manager. John Farrell's a terrible manager. Yeah. And they just farted their way into the World Series that yeah. year. Mitch Moreland. Like Mitch, Mitch Moreland, yeah, Mitch was clutch, yeah, yeah. Jackie Bradley Jr. is hitting 132 this year. Like none of the people the Red Sox have let go except for Betts are good. Um, Meaning they probably were not good in 2018 either. But they put on that jersey and start breathing fire. Um, Mm -hmm. That's why you need to squash them like a bug as soon as you can. Why I was rooting for the Rays, but. I can see the humor in the Rays choking. So it's not like I'm, I'm not joyless. I'm, I'm doing okay. But yeah. if you have the chance to get the Red Sox out, you got to do it. We had the chance. We didn't do it. So we, we move on.
2: Yeah. Who was the GM before Dombrowski? Cause Dombrowski came in, he had this entire infrastructure and they were just like, we need to get like two more impact guys. So like, can we win a world series? And then he got them Chris sale, Craig Kimbrell. And I think one other David, didn't he sign David price? And he signed David price. Yeah. Um, so he did those three things. And then, That is what eventually propelled them. And then everyone's like, oh, my God, he's spending all the money, depleted a farm system. How could he do that? And it's like only to win one World Series. Yeah, only. (laughs) Yeah. Only to do what most franchises don't do, dude. Like he did. He was brought in to do that. If you don't know who Dave Dombrowski was, that's what he that's why they called him up. They said, dude, we have all these assets. We have a very good core. We're like three, four players away on on the trade market and free agency from really making this thing special. And he came in, did exactly that, and then kept this core intact by giving Sale the contract extension, by giving Nathan Eovaldi the contract extension, by giving Xander Bogarts a contract extension, by giving Christian Vasquez a contract extension. And then this is where they are now. So like like you said, plug anybody in. The GMs, whoever the GM is going to make a couple of good moves, and then they're just going to keep pivoting whatever they need to do. So now their pivot this time around was uh, we need to be more cost effective. Let's get a raise guy in here. Let's get let's not pay Mookie bets. Three hundred million dollars. Let's get some ba- uh, backup esque depth level players in uh, Kike Hernandez and Hunter Renfro Fro and Kevin Ploiecki and see what happened. Jose Iglesias and Travis. Shaw. A laundry we'll, cart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll see what happens. And then it somehow ends up working. I, that's not an indictment on Brian Cashman. You can't if the yeah, look what the Yankees did look, when the Yankees have quiet off seasons. You flip out. People are mad. The Yankees fans are mad when it's like, oh my God, they, 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 uh, what, what they do earlier this offseason, like one of the, oh, oh my, they signed Lucas Litke and they, uh, they brought in somebody else like that, that didn't matter. And everyone's like, because the offseason didn't get off to a hot start. You're freaking out when the Yankees don't do the big offseason splashes. So, what do you want Cashman to do? You want Cashman to do these low-level moves that you get mad about anyway that end up turning out okay? They signed Marwin so, and
1: cut him. Is yeah. that what you
2: wanted Brian Cashman to do? Yeah. So uh, I just uh, and that's that that's my other I'm not defending Brian, I'm not defending the front office, I'm not defending Brian Cashman. I just you don't you don't have the solution. We don't have the solution. It's a lot of you look at the Rays and the Red Sox, and it's yeah, it's a lot of cohesiveness. Like I think they play better as a team. Which speaks to the culture of the Yankees, which probably needs a change. But the players that overperform and exceed expectations by a mile have nothing to do with Heim Bloom. Have nothing to do with the Rays' analytics. It it, it just doesn't. It's it's lucky. Uh, they they they, they I, I would say that the manager also plays a role in this by plugging these guys into the right spots. I think Alex Cora's use of Kike Hernandez in the lineup, moving him all around, has been brilliant. And the bullpen um, and using the, bullpen. the starters to just yeah. map the just eat it up over a depleted yeah.
1: bullpen. It's genius. Yeah, The
2: Yankees always have a finite blueprint. And then if they go off of it, it's all hell breaks loose. So that's a problem with it. But you're not going to tell me the personnel moves of these two franchises are what you're jealous of because they're not because the Red Sox just traded Mookie Betts and replaced him with three OK players who are once again outperforming expectations for reasons we don't know. The Rays got rid of two fifths of their starting rotation that brought them to the World Series and they won hundred games. So if the Yankees let half of their rotation go next year, and then traded Aaron Judge and brought in a bunch of dopes who are gonna who have high spin rates and can ping pong between the bullpen and the starting rotation, and then you bring in an outfielder Hunter Renfro esque who has a cannon arm in right field, is gonna bat 250 and OPS 800, you're not gonna be happy with that. And that move is those moves are not gonna work out for the Yankees. It's just not gonna happen. So there needs to be a combination of the big ticket free agent signings and the moves around the edges, which once again, I think Brian Cashman has largely done a good job of. Um, And we'll we'll talk about how this kind of comes from the top down. Like I understand Brian Cashman doesn't do more with less, but he also does like just enough what he has to do with what he's given. And, did you think in the middle of the Yankees at prime world series window that they were going to cheap out and not go over the luxury tax? If they could have went over the luxury tax this offseason, they could have had a number of other players. They could have had a completely different team and they could maybe, they could still maybe be playing baseball right now. So Brian Cashman did what he had to do with the financial constraints. Um, but that's, that's on the, the, you have to look at the, the, the bigger picture here that's the, that's ownership's fault for not saying, okay, we can like, we can really do this. So, you know, let's, uh, let's spend an extra 25 million, get hit with a, you know, 10 million, $5 million tax bill. And then it'll be all worth it when we're having the parade in, in November, but no, they didn't want to do that. Brian Cashman did what he had to do. He got Tyone. He got a bunch of bullpen pieces that ended up work. Wandy Peralta worked out. Clay Holmes worked out. Um, who else did we get? Joely. Joely ended up being okay. Like, it, it it was really fu- for all the injuries the bullpen had the bullpen was fine the lineup just simply didn't hit the defense was problematic the voice in the clubhouse was arguably the biggest issue I don't know so for just just circling back to the point where you think just plugging anybody into the Yankees front office who has who can use analytics better is the answer it's not the answer the 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 diagnosis here is that the Red Sox and the Rays have certain infrastructures in place that work for them. And they also get extraordinary results from signings that should not be yielding those results.
1: Yeah, they're, they're great at this. And Alex Cora is incredibly good at this. And by this, I mean, positioning people in the green monster at Fenway to, to signal balls and strikes uh, from the tiny hole using a micron camera. Um, (laughs) No, Alex Cora is incredibly good at this. I, I wish we had a manager with half the instincts he does Um, and it's mostly motivational instincts. Honestly, that is the difference. Um, some of the Reds, I don't even remember who it was said that when they were down five, two in the first inning of game two, he was running up and down the dugout, screaming, telling them that they all have eight innings left. Aaron Boone thinks the Yankees are turning the corner 77 times a year. Imagine Aaron Boone walking up and down the dugout when the Yankees have just given up a grand slam to Jordan Luplo, being like, look at the scoreboard. It's not over. It's never over. Like I would kill for that. I would pay, I would pay a thousand dollars of my own salary per month. If the Yankees could hire somebody who did that, who, who, who behaved like that and acted like that. It is what it is. I hope the Red Sox lose sooner rather than later. I don't know if they will. It's a, it's a different group of people than it was in mid September or mid August or whenever their COVID outbreak decimated their roster. They've bounced back from a lot of devastation this year. Um, And so congratulations to them, but the job is not done. They have only one game three of the ALDS. So more, more, uh, more baseball on the horizon Four baseball games today. Let's get after it. That is it for this edition of the Red Sox Astros go yard podcast featuring minor thoughts on Brian Cashman in the New York Yankees. You can find us on Apple podcast, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast drop us a five-star review along with the mailbag question. We'll be more than happy to answer it. So next time I'm Adam Weiner. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weiner.
2: And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. Welcome back haters. It's hater off season time. Uh, head on over to yanks Plenty of content there for you to check out um, a lot of rival content, a lot of off season stuff, looking ahead, what's going on, all the good things. Uh, talk to us on yanks Go Yard FS, the official Twitter account. Um, we're not going to be there as religiously because the Yankees are not playing, but Hey, we'll take a question. We'll take comments. We'll take any sort of discourse from any medium. Let's have fun. Let's talk more. And uh, next time you hear from us will be Wednesday. And I really just hope it's not the result that we don't want to see. Or, yeah, I, I, I don't want to see any bit more. I can't I can't be pained with more Red Sox wins. I really can't.
1: Me neither, but uh, prepare yourself for it. We'll see you on Wednesday.
0: Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on UnderdogFantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick 'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100, get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply.